Hello, I'm Amy Stevenson, and this is The Human CEO. In each episode, we'll be meeting with CEOs and senior leaders to understand their approach to leadership, the challenges they faced, and how they overcame them. We'll also be asking what they feel it takes to be a great leader. And so how, you've got to find that right space. You've got to find that space where people are, are happy to fail. And the best way of making people happy to fail is, is by openly acknowledging your own failures as a leader, I believe. Welcome to The Human CEO. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson, and today I'm joined by Tom Robbins. Tom's the CEO of Switchy, a socially conscious technology innovator focused on finding elegant solutions to housing issues. Tom has a proven track record in making a rapid and sustained impact on scale-up businesses. With a passion for positive change, business development, optimising the customer journey and profitability improvement, Tom joins us today to share his insight as a leader and a human CEO. Thank you for joining us today, Tom. It's great to have you with us. Hello, how are you doing? Yeah, good. I'm looking forward to speaking with you. Can you tell us a little bit about your organisation and what you're working towards, please? Yeah, certainly. So uh, Switchy exists to improve the lives of the quality of lives of people living in rented homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most of our most of our work and most of our clients is focused around the, the socially re- rented sector. So mm-hmm. uh, we use technology to uh, to really understand the interaction between the resident and, and their home and support the landlord uh, in, in improving that, whether that's whether that's improving insulation, uh, dealing with disrepair, better communications, uh, or just saving the resident money on their on their heating bills. Uh, but our focus is very much uh, around the resident um, and uh, and helping them uh, have a better quality of life in, in a home that they care very much about. Fantastic. As an organisation, we've been around for for seven years now. Um, we're just at the quite an exciting in, in inflection point um, where we've seen a really material growth in, in in our in our sector. I think we've been beating the drum for quite some time now, um, but both the the adoption of the technology, what we're able to do with the technology, the the proof of the benefits case is is really taking off for us now. So um, we've got a fantastic position in the UK. We're probably market leader here in the UK, and we're just starting to move into a into a European market and, and take the switchy message. Uh, take the switch message on tour. Fantastic, fantastic. And so you're chief exec there. You've been there since, well, pretty much, I guess it was a baptism of fire. If you joined, was it tw- March 2020? It was, it was It was March 2020, actually. Yeah, it's one of those things when you look back at, you look back at the time and that was a natural decision. I was very excited about the business and the potential and the capability, but the, the risk was pretty was pretty high. We actually, uh, I joined on the Monday. We got locked down on the Tuesday and then we closed the fundraise that was going to, pay for me on the Thursday. Wow. So uh, it, it was, it, it could have gone horribly wrong. Um, thankfully, thankfully it didn't. And thankfully um, uh, the whole COVID period for the business has really given us a chance to, to, to rebirth. Um, wow. We've moved virtual first, um, which has been f- fantastic uh, for me personally, but across the, across the team, we've had significantly increased um, uh, sort of engagement, satisfaction scores, much better quality of life for our team on their mission to improve the quality of life f- for others. And our technology really won through. You know, there was times when, you know, the only way people could know what was going on inside thousands of homes was using our data. And that's been fantastic for changing our relationship with our customers as well. So a very challenging time without a doubt. Uh, mm-hmm. But nonetheless, it's been pretty transformational for, for me personally and for us as a business. Fantastic. And there's no going back, is there, from from what what we see now in terms of the way that I guess your your customers interact with their properties? 
guess no, no. And I, I think once you've got that expectation, it's mm-hmm. it, you, you can't. There's no other way of there's no other way of doing it. Um, yeah. And so that's been fantastic for us. But as a way we operate as a business, you know, very quickly we found that we could do more when we were remote. We could get we could hire fantastic people a, a, across the UK. We had a better, more diverse talent pool that we had access to suddenly. Uh, and once you've once you've had that, you can't you can't let yeah. go of it. You know, what yeah. I'd only hire people that can that can travel the 45 minutes to my office that seems madness compared yeah. to compared to what we have access to now yeah absolutely and and so in terms of the kind of challenges that you're facing clearly they're very different now to the challenges that you faced in those early days but what kind of challenges are you up against as a leader of that type of organization at that stage in its life cycle I think the challenge for us at the moment is is the is the pace of growth. So we've uh, we've uh, just closed our last financial year. We've seen two and a half times growth on the revenue from from the year before. We're looking at a, a pretty mature pipeline now that will give us two and a half times growth going into the into the year ahead. Um, that's incredibly exciting. That's what we've yeah. all worked for and wanted and and dreamed about. Um, but when you've got a when you've got a winning team, there's a, there's immediately that fear of I don't want to lose this culture. You know. We're putting together plans for next year that's going to hopefully double double headcount. Um, it's going to bring a huge amount more capability and capacity for our for our customers. Uh, mm-hmm. That should bring a much more exciting work environment for our team. But you know, when you've got that you've got that team, people are like, well, I just don't want to lose it. So, mm-hmm. how do you scale and keep the culture? Is 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 something we're putting a lot of time and thought into at the moment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I guess it's about capturing the essence and what is the essence of switching. You know, why is it working? And then you can you can move forward from there. But I, I completely agree with you. Fantastic that you've had that kind of success. Uh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful, and it, and it changes. You know, that Switchy's been has been a, a a business with a vision, and it and it's mm-hmm. taken a long time to get that vision to this to this place. So we're incredibly grateful for the people that that got us here. But that pace of growth just changes everything, yes. and and it's it's exciting scary yeah. challenging um but you know i wouldn't want to be anywhere else yeah absolutely and so tell us a little bit about your journey into leadership thanks i've had a little look at your background i see a chemical engineering degree and yes then, and now you are where you are so what, what's the little bit in between well not the little bit but what's the middle bit from there how did that happen how did you get to the chief exec seat was it always something that you'd set your sights on or did it happen organically uh, well, yeah, I mean, you probably want to ask my uh, ask, ask friend, sort of uh, friends from school and uni whether that was always what my ego is dictating. Now, I I, I think that the journey for me is I, I just love scale up. So I was very lucky to come out of university and join a small business. Again, in hindsight, it was probably a reckless move. It was barely ten people, um, uh, but I love what they did. I love the mission they were on. And, and over the first sort of six years of my career, we grew that business. Uh, from 10 people to about 180 people. Um, it's now, it's now 600 odd people, which is pretty crazy to go back to. But uh, it was it was a fantastic journey, and and so much of that journey was uh, was with our clients and the maturity of our offering, but growing the team, growing the way in which we matured our processes. Uh, it was a it was a fantastic journey, uh, and so once you've got the once you once you've had that kind of taste of scale up, it's pretty mm-hmm. difficult. Other things don't come. Other things don't 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 scratch the same itch. 
And so my career since then has largely been and scale up in a range of different a range of different forms. Um, I've done some turnarounds. I turned around a business myself with a the with a good friend from from university. Uh, spent a couple of years sort of breaking it, fixing it, breaking it, fixing it, selling it, which was a, a fantastic journey and, and a pretty sharp learning curve. Um, uh, there's plenty, probably two years worth of things I got wrong there, but was was in, was was good fun. Um, and then working with other founders um, uh, on their scale up journey. So particularly in a in a commercial role. Um, and as that sort of breadth of skills has matured, I'm, I'm very lucky to have been offered the role here at, at Switchy as, as, as CEO. Um, I, I love scale up. Um, the, the challenge uh, as, as, as the business changes and grows and, and matures. I sort of use an analogy of uh, a child analogy. I think scale up isn't isn't the really sort of painful uh, bit where sort of from sort of zero to about sort of nine months or so, where really you're just sort of being screamed at and wiping and feeding. Um, that's that's what founders are for, and that's phenomenal. That's an incredible. I just couldn't do it. I have a huge respect for them and 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 their real passion and commitment to get through that phase. Mm-hmm. Scale up is that sort of one year to, to start a primary school. It's that, it's, it can be challenging, things are breaking all the time, toys are getting thrown, but yeah. there's, this, there's this quest, there's this constant quest for learning. You know, um, you, everything is new, everything is wonderful, everything is bigger than it was last week. Uh, and that scale up piece is, 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 in, is in, incredibly enjoyable. Yeah, it's a great analogy. Great analogy. And you start sort of seeing, thinking it, linking it back to my daughter, you kind of start seeing inklings of who they're going to be as well. You, do, you, you see that potential, right? You really get that opportunity to see the, the character start to come through and the potential and the pace and what wasn't possible last week becomes possible next week. And there's, there perhaps is another set of skills once, you, once the kid comes to school and then you bring in a lot more structure and governance and rigor and curriculum and yeah. um you know and and and, and i think that that's wonderful and some people that have got fantastic skills in that too but for me that that's that early stage of scale up is is absolutely wonderful that's the sweet spot and, and so in terms of skills then how would you how would you define the leadership skills that are needed in that that scale up phase are there characteristics that you think all scale up leaders have or uh, so for me, it's having a it's having a sense of confidence that it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the early phase of, of 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 parenthood, you know, is 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 that real fear of is it going to be alive in the morning, um, and that's pretty terrifying every night. You know, is it still breathing? Is it still breathing? You know, um, and and for a founder, within twenty minutes, the business could not exist. Mm-hmm. Um, but scale up is different. Scale up is bringing the next sense of of certainty, of confidence. Of structure, not killing the innovation, but bringing a, a, a platform of consistency that allows people and visions and concepts and capabilities to grow. And that's really what I what, what I look to do. I'll be working typically coming in with the founder, a natural fat handover from the from the founder, and and bringing a sense of, of structure of confidence that we are going to be where we say we're going to be, and mm-hmm. set the expectation we're bored that we when we can say where we're going to be and and we're going to be there, um, mm-hmm. and that builds enough but not enough to not such that we're we're taking away the sparkle it's creating a a platform for growth growth for the individuals growth for the product growth for the capability uh, and and the structure that enables that to move at pace but with certainty yeah and and so your approach to leadership then and that that approach to that style of leadership does that come purely from your experience of the past or was there a piece of advice that someone once offered you that's helped shape that style 
I think there's a, I think there's a, a pretty epic amount of screw up. Um, I think has been uh, the defining um, factor in 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 that kind of leadership and and growth journey for me. Um, uh, I was definitely I've been the sort of the the young overconfident thought I knew everything. Um, definitely through my mid twenties was probably rel- was probably pretty tedious, um, and it took some experience to realise that I that, that that I didn't. And since then, I've been lucky enough um, to try out a number of different ways of working, to work with a range of founders, to work with a range of really successful, outstanding um, um, scale up leaders, um, and through that, just sort of whittle and 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 iterate. Um, and I'm still am I still am iterating what that journey what that journey looks like. Yeah. Um, but for me, I think it, it's, 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 it's fail fast, except when you're wrong, um, probably apologize, regroup, learn, do it differently. Yeah, absolutely. Take it on the chin, keep going. Yeah, very quickly. I mean, because I think, it, except if you're afraid of failure, then you, you're not going to get very, anywhere very fast. You, mm-hmm. you go from this interesting space where founders um, absolutely love failure and 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 throw throw fear out the window and do incredible things, and then they build an organisation that you know five ten years later is highly regulated, terrified of failure, and you know and and, and utterly stagnant. And yeah. so how, you've got to find that right space. You've got to find that space where people are happy to fail, and the best way of making people happy to fail is is by openly acknowledging your own failures as a leader i believe yeah absolutely absolutely and so you partly answered my next question but in terms of advice that you would offer to someone that was looking to follow in your footsteps are there any sort of you mentioned the screw-ups are there any (laughs) if i knew then what i know now moments that you would share with someone looking to follow in your footsteps (laughs) um i certainly think there's a there's a there's an important judgment that it's being aware that you can't do everything mm-hmm. um, and actually you doing everything isn't scalable, isn't repeatable, you know, and that anybody working a 22 hour day isn't a sign, isn't something to be celebrated in terms of their, their, their relationship with success. Mm-hmm. It actually is wholly, it's, it's wholly unsustainable. Um, and, and that I think, we too often celebrate an unhealthy relationship with with work mm-hmm. um, and we need to find the right balance I, l- I love working hard my if I've given the choice I would work hard um, but it's it's it can't be everything and I've, I've seen some good people really burn themselves out and not achieve yeah. what they wanted to achieve by working too hard at it mm-hmm and, and so how do you find the balance? Because in the early days at Switchy, you must have, you mean, you mentioned you joined on the Monday and you said we locked down on the Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I think there's, there's definitely a time and a place for, 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 for sprinting and working hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's, there, there's also real power in delegating. You know, you can't do the whole thing yourself. You can't hold the whole organization on your shoulders. Ultimately, it's a team effort that will get this across the line. And mm-hmm. so delegating both the, 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 the responsibility, the, the, the expectations on, on delivery, that kind of clear team working ethic, yeah. I think is, is really powerful. And part of that is just drawing, the, just drawing the boundaries. You know, who owns what? You know, do we have an action list? Is there deliverables? Is there times? Are people working against it? Some of the real basics can make such a difference in terms of people's empowerment to take greater ownership of a problem that immediately takes the weight off your shoulders. Yeah, absolutely. And and so thinking about, so we talked a little bit about leadership, but are, are there leaders either in your past, so previous previous line managers or CEOs that you've you've worked with, 
or a famous leader? Is there anyone sort of past or present, famous or otherwise, that you particularly admire? Why? Yeah, this this is always an, an interesting interesting question actually. And the, the one leader that really um, uh, the one leader that really moved me very when I was pre- when I was pretty young. I went to a, I went to a pretty dysfunctional school um, that uh, fed um, that was probably the lowest ranked school in the area um, by some margin, um, and. Uh, it was performing poorly such that they brought in a they brought in a new headmaster mm-hmm. and uh the school was pretty horrible and wasn't a great happy learning education environment and and this guy came in and in a matter of two terms had utterly transformed the way the school operated and in terms of my uh uh, my appreciation, or I suppose my own personal aspiration to be able to go into an organization and make that kind of difference. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy was, the guy for a name check was called Dr. Terry Fish, and he came into my school and uh, he brought structure and he brought standards and he brought uh, expectations and ultimately he brought pride. And of all the takeaways I've had and all the businesses I've gone into, you'll often find an organization that is lacking in structure, that is lacking in clear expectations and targets, and ultimately is lacking in pride. Uh, And without those, you're not going to build a high-performing organization. And I think he was one of the most uh, transformational leaders in, in, in terms of what I thought was possible I'd, i mean i'd written this school off i think everyone at the school teaches the lot well i don't know why we turn up um the transformation he made was was remarkable and for me you know that set a clear expectation of whatever he just did you know i'd like when i grow up i'd like to be able to do that yeah great that you could recognize that at the time as well yeah, I pretty. I really hated school, and by the end of it, I, we had a different relationship. So it was, you know, at that at that age, it's it's transformational, absolutely yeah. transformational for hundreds of learners. Fantastic, fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. And and my other question that I always like to ask is, when I speak with CEOs, I want to understand what you've read or what you're reading or the kind of podcast that you're consuming. So I'm interested in reading those, uh, you know, sort of leadership books myself. But what kind of content? are you consuming at the minute or what books have shaped you in the past? So uh, I do like, uh, my brother got me into podcasts when I, when I run and uh, for, uh, I just think nothing comes close to, um, uh, nothing comes close to Desert Island Discs in terms of just the range and variety of incredibly interesting people, half of them you've, you've never heard of and have done incredible things with incredible backgrounds. Yeah. That's, that's half an hour. That's definitely half an hour. Uh, well spent. Um, but from a, from a book perspective, um, uh, by by far the most uh, sort of career transforming book for me is a book called uh, it's a book called Don't Split the Difference, Never Split the Difference. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's written by a guy um, uh, who used to be uh, an FBI negotiator, and it's a it's a book on negotiation. Um, but it's you know, a lot of management books. You, you know, you're a couple of para- a couple of paragraphs, maybe even a chapter in, and you've largely got the whole concept. Yeah. This one is gold, start to finish, absolute gold. And uh, I have used something from every chapter in real life, and it's blown me away how powerful it's been and the different outcomes you can achieve when you take a different mindset in. And, and to a point, everything is negotiation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and if I was to recommend reading one book to change how the outcomes you're going to get out of out of almost any situation you go into i would strongly recommend don't yeah, never split the difference 
Fantastic. Fantastic. Thank you for that. That is actually, it is on my shelf. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Just like that. I don't do that for every guest. But <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't prepared. <laughs> I hope you will crease the cover. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will. And so what, what's going to be happening over the next six, nine, 12 months at Switchy? Obviously you've spoken about the growth, but what kind of initiatives are, are in place and who are you looking for from a talent perspective? If there's anyone out there listening, interested in joining the business? Yeah, I think we're we're just uh, we're going through that we're going through very much that process at, at the moment, and just looking at we're we're pulling a growth budget together. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we are working with some, uh, you know, we've been speaking with the market for quite some time about about investment, mm-hmm. um, and expect to have that closed in the not too distant future, and that's going to be a real game changer for for the, for our trajectory. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's really a case of what is what does this organisation look like at twice the size what does it look like at five times the output ideally yeah. twice the size and five times the output at the same time and how do we achieve that and what are the processes and the, and the people that we that we need to put in we need to put in place um at this moment in time we haven't come up with the answer we're literally in the middle of it. I've, I've got i've just come out of one meeting um talking about our the future of our engineering team and the one after this is the future of our finance team so it's right. very much a live debate at this stage um mm-hmm. but uh you know we'll be uh, proactively posting on linkedin and on our website exactly as those roles come out and uh, there's going to be there's going to be a fair few of them it's an exciting time fantastic so watch this space effectively what, watch watch this well, watch this website or yes. follow this linkedin account certainly yes, absolutely <laughs> fantastic tom thank you for joining us i really enjoyed speaking with you so thank you for sharing your story and your insight thank you amy thanks for the platform